All right, synchronicity, like the Police album. Very yeah. nice. What's your guys' opinion on the Police? I'm not going to specify what I mean by that. Yeah, A Cab accepts Sting. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess they feel fine. I like that they did white boy reggae voice. Um, that's that was really brave of them to do in the '80s. Yeah, they were the first to. Yeah, they were the original Island Boys. Uh, they, <laughs> the police. That might be true. Yeah, they walked so that OAR could run. I don't know a lot of white boy reggae voice bands, but yeah. Yeah, the one I, guy uh, Snow S N O. Um, is that oh, okay. a is that a member of that band? No, Snow is a um a, he was a, a like a, a white man from Canada that did a uh rap song uh where Drake. he uh, just did a patois like just the entire time just doing a patois and it was like a hit. Um, that goes hard as fuck. I'm trying to find. Are you sure? No, he, he went I, by Snow with a W. Yeah, oh, yeah, his Wikipedia wrong, yeah. picture. His Wikipedia Ooh. picture is really good. <laughs> yeah, that is. That is really good. Yeah, his Go single his Wiki- informer. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> he looks like Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> he look, He honestly, and I don't mean this in like an offensive way, but he he looks like he's wearing like uh, one of those like those glasses with like the big nose that's supposed to make you look like a Marx brother. <laughs> the Gonzo glasses, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Gonzo glasses. Like it honestly looks like he's wearing a version of that. He looks like a less put together Unabomber. Like my my dude out here is really rocking it. Like. <laughs> Okay. okay, do you know do you know what snow stands for? <laughs> no. It's a backronym meaning superb notorious outrageous white boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So his true name is Snob. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Snob, yeah. Yeah, um. it's under origin of stage name. Uh on on his on his Wikipedia, superb, notorious, outrageous white boy. I gotta. <laughs> we gotta. We we have to adopt that for ourselves, kind of like ASAP, like the ASAP crew, like ASAP Rocky, ASAP <laughs> Amp. Like we're like Snow Chase, Snow Ben, <laughs> Snow David. Oh, that's <laughs> Here for cool. Yeah. <laughs> we can call ourselves the Snow Bunnies. <laughs> The snow bunnies? I'm not sure we can call ourselves that. Sure we can. I'm sure that'll work out fine. No, no one else is using that term to mean anything else, as far as I know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just thought, yeah, I don't think they are. I, I really don't think they are. Yeah, that's fine. We'll we'll look at it up after the after the episode. Um, he I had a, like a, his his first album was his his first album was Twelve Inches of Snow. Which legitimately goes hard. I won't. I'm not. That's a pretty that. good. It's fucking it really cool. That's that's name, a yeah. pretty good album name for like if if your name's Snow and, and you're a reggae artist, that's kind of obvious. His next album, Murder Love. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put something in the chat that I think you guys are both gonna like quite a bit. Okay. The okay they they get a. Wow, those album names, there are really low returns on those. You start with 12 Inches of Snow. Great. Murder Love. Doesn't really mean anything. Feels like something from 1995. Yes. Just Us, spelled with USS at the beginning as if it's a ship at the end. Um, and that right. little less. Uh, cooler Conditions, we're going back to the snow puns, but not nearly as, you know, in-depth. Then in 2000, we got Mind on the Moon. Um, oh, about- okay. Mine on the moon, and then 2002, we got two hands clapping, which is just like, you could have just called it clapping. Like, that's just normal. 
Oh, right, yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I like that um, uh, Trudeau's dad is responsible for Snow, too. Yeah, That's Pierre like one Trudeau. of the first things, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like, be, because because he was, like, allowing larger, yeah, like, uh, la- a larger influx of Jamaicans into the greater Toronto area, according to his Wikipedia. Yeah. I love that. Man, it's like multiculturalism. It really is, like... <laughs> <laughs> that probably is the most 90s Canadian thing you could come up with, is Snow the Rapper. <laughs> like, no, it's fine if I just do a patois, because <laughs> I saw a man do it once. That's pretty um, incredible. He won an award in Japan. I have to say, like, I'm, I'm obviously like on board with multiculturalism. Explicitly yeah. want to say that, but but yeah. you could argue that the the, the artist Snow is the biggest argument against it. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> like, you could argue like, multiculturalism that has a lot of issues with it, like like the whole like oh, as long as you got one of everybody from wheelchair to black guy, then you're totally good. Like that's all you need <laughs> to do. Like <laughs> right, yeah, no, there's really no. Um, yeah, it doesn't appear that there's really like it's it's the multiculturalism where it's like the white person's like, hell yeah, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna become a reggae artist, <laughs> super notorious, <laughs> outrageous white boy. This for everybody, especially yeah. me. <laughs> Damn, yeah. he had a he had a top single 2019 con calma with Daddy Yankee. Daddy Yankee. <laughs> Daddy Yankee. Con calma. Shared oh, with Daddy man. Yankee. Best urban fusion slash performance. He was only nominated, and it was a Latin Grammy. Also, that's fine. That's just which worth just as much. Oh, but from Billboard, he did he did win a Billboard Music Award, the top Latin song of the year. They should really change the that category. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and one spicy chili pepper goes to. <laughs> <laughs> this song is caliente, caliente, caliente. <laughs> <laughs> This song gets a goal. Alright, um I'm Snow Chase. <laughs> I'm Snow Ben. I'm I'm Snow David. And welcome to Three Locos, the podcast where we talk about music and movies and stuff. I think that's our tagline. I don't know. Yeah. Music, movies, stuff. Yeah, I think that covers it. <laughs> the first podcast with object permanence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, and also, before we move off this, uh, Dave, you sent us a uh, video in the chat of Jim Carrey's uh, parody of, of, Snow. of The Informer. Describe it to me. I can't watch it without, and, and also hear you both. So someone describe it to me. Um, it's Jim Carrey faking a patois that is faked by snow um, in a 90s variety show. Um, okay. It's pretty good. The production value of, I haven't watched the whole thing either because I have uh, i didn't want to drown you guys out in sound. But it's, uh, yeah, they, they really pulled out all the stops for it. Real like lowly, oh shit, it's back on. It's like a Lonely <laughs> Island. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was this for? In Living Color? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. Okay, yeah, because that's what Jim Carrey was on, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, he was on In yeah, Living okay. Color. Yeah. Yeah. Good nice. point. Somebody said it's the hardest diss of the 90s. Don't think mm-hmm. it is. Didn't Tupac literally fuck Biggie's wife or something like that? That feels much <laughs> harder than doing like a uh, variety show parody. 
<laughs> I mean, also, did it, um, didn't Tupac murder? Tupac's dead. That's what I've I have to go I have to go. <laughs> you hear him running down the street. Everyone, everyone <laughs> Very, news. I'm the town scryer. <laughs> everyone needs to find out. <laughs> Uh, there he goes, uh, ringing that bell again. Yeah, they call me the the Paul Revere of hip hop. <laughs> they do call you that. <laughs> I yeah. have heard that said. Um, I wonder what damn. what comes up when you Google Paul Revere of hip hop. Oh, well, the Beastie Boys song "Paul Revere." That's a that's uh, an obvious one. Okay, that's not that fun. Okay, <sighs> hold on, Paul Revere. Got a Last FM uh, link. Which what what the fuck is Last FM? This, this website has been around for a thousand years, and I don't know what it does. Yeah, I thought it was, like, basically just uh, an extended... And I say this never having made an account or anything. I think it's basically just, like, you can put your favorite songs on it. Basically just letterboxed, but for songs. For songs? Okay. Yeah, I thought. But then I also do think there's some functionality where, like, as an artist, you can use it as, like, a platform slash marketplace kind of thing. Okay. But I'm, I'm, that's all entirely speculation. I didn't look it up. I'm looking at you guys. I'm just sort of spitballing here. I, I, you, you, your guess is as good as mine. I've never used it. Perfect. We'll, we'll accept it as fact. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, in case you were wondering what David said is, it, it, it goes. What David says goes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Last FM uses your listening history to <laughs> recommend you new music and events. Okay. Oh. Okay, so it's the Spotify algorithm, but you have to do it by hand. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's somewhere between Spotify, Pandora, and somehow less convenient than either. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. All right. Sounds good. And now to transition on a similar note, uh, today we're talking about anime. Um. <laughs> Speaking of uh, uh, superb, notorious, outrageous white boys. Um, what do you, what do you think of uh, Sheeta and the gang? Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we watched the movie um, Castle in the Sky. Uh, we all watched this uh, over the past week. Uh, Hayao Miyazaki's Castle in the Sky, which uh, to give a brief uh, just recap of what that is, is a movie about a girl named uh, Sheeta who is the. Uh, I guess light spoilers in this recap, but um, she is the heir to the throne of the um, Sky City of Laputa, um, and the Sky City is believed to be a myth by the people that live on the Earth in a sort I of like. Mm -hmm. I, I just I believe it's pronounced Laputa. Laputa, yeah. Laputa, La I believe it's pronounced Laputa. But yeah, they, they did on. say Mark Hamill said it like that a few times in this movie. Laputa. <laughs> Laputa. La <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, she is the heir to this uh, mythical city, which um, the people of Earth believe some believe exists, some believe do, it does not exist. Uh, in sort of these people live in a sort of like steampunk kind of Victorian era uh, sort of thing, and she is the final heir to this, and she is trying to find her way back to the city with the help of a boy that she meets named Pazu. And during that time, she is um, chased by pirates who uh, maybe aren't as evil as they seem. 
and um, ultimately chased by the military who also want to gain control of the ancient technology of this flying castle city. Um, and that, that's pretty much what happens in Castle in the Sky. But uh, um, I guess I just want to ask, what, what are our initial thoughts on this? What, what did we make of this? Uh, two cups of piss filled all the way up? I'm bringing that back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked it a lot. Uh, this is my first time ever watching it. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a lot of Miyazaki movies. I okay. watched uh, Kiki's Delivery Service a bunch as a kid, and nice. I loved that, but I didn't, like, I didn't uh, have any sort of context to tie that into, like, the Howl's Moving Castle, Spirited mm -hmm. Away, thing that mm -hmm. everybody else was going crazy about. Yeah. Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. It's This came out, I think, two or three years before Kiki's Delivery Service. Yes, um, yeah. This is uh, Miyazaki's second movie, I believe, after Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, again, I don't have, like, the most familiarity with, with Miyazaki's filmography, but... Mm -hmm. um, He's got a very uh, specific style of animation mm -hmm. that is, yeah. it's very warming. It feels like a, a scalp massage kind of thing. Yeah. It's just very peaceful. Um, the coloring reminds me a lot of like the early Disney animations, like Sleeping Beauty yeah. and stuff. Just mm -hmm. very warm. And it's not quite as like maximalist as some other animes I've seen and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was really, really fun. Obviously, we can get more into it. But just off initial reactions, uh, it was a very sweet movie. It was very. Uh, I watched it by myself and got a little teary towards the end. It's just, it's a it's comfort food for the brain. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like I think that's a very accurate version of that. Chase, how how about you? Initial thoughts? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, so <clears throat> as as some um, astute listeners might remember, uh, anime uh, specifically and, and animation in general is not always my my biggest cup of tea. I, I find myself, I would say, probably like a grade below um, a phobia as it pertains to um, animation. I, I, I find animation to be a little unsettling to me for, for various reasons. Um, I've, I've seen few, like, I, I, I'm not rendered, you know, uh, just sort of irrationally upset or anything, but I just find that I prefer not to watch it. I'm, I'm usually just uh, not, not the biggest fan. Um, that said, I, for you know, for animation, I, I really enjoyed Castle in the Sky. I, I thought it was interesting that uh, these characters were sort of styled as kind of like steampunk Italians, you know? They all have, mm -hmm. like, big bushy mustaches and beards mm -hmm. um, and are kind of burly, and they wear and they wear those, like, cool kind of, like, uh, 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 Peaky Blinders caps. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like that quite a bit. Um, yeah, I thought it's a, it's a, very, it's a very sweet movie. Um, as I, I've seen, what else? I'm not uh, Spirited Away. I've seen Spirited mm -hmm. Away, which I think Spirited Away disturbed me a lot more than okay. uh, than this movie. Spirit, and it's been a couple years, but I remember feeling like profoundly disturbed by Spirited yeah. Away <laughs> in a way that I was not as disturbed um, by Castle in the Sky. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was very very good. Um, I, I give it I give it three crazy ass white boys out of five. <laughs> pretty good nice. three and a half we'll say three and a half three and a half awesome um yeah and this was um i believe this is the second time i've seen this movie uh it's definitely one of the i i've watched you know most of miyazaki's movies at least once if not more than once um i'm definitely a fan of the man as a director um but this was you know the the early catalog is probably where i'm most shaky and this was, I think, a really interesting one, especially compared to um, 
me and Fran had just watched Nausicaa, his first movie also, um, because this is um, definitely more aimed at children than Nausicaa is. Uh, you mm-hmm. have these two young protagonists who are maybe 13, I think, at most. I think it would be clear to say, uh, fair to say. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a weird thing where every all those grown men are like super in love with Sheena. I yeah, was, that was gonna a strange moment, <laughs> but um, it's played you. so yeah. it's played so innocently yeah. that let's, like I was kind of like I guess this is my problem. Let's not... explain that. No, let's explain yeah. that real quick. So for for the for the for the viewers at home, so there is a there are a in addition to the characters that been described. There is also um, a group of pirates um, mm-hmm. led by a mom, a mother pirate, and her her five would appear to be grown yeah. men sons. Like they're very tall. They they all have various like varying levels of facial hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would argue they're at, at minimum they're probably like eighteen or nineteen years old. Some of them very minimum. clearly older than that. You yeah, sounded like. Yeah, and, some and definitely in their 30s, yeah. Right, right, yeah, for sure. And there is a scene in the movie in which, you know, the uh, so at, 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 very, at, at a certain point in the movie, spoilers, Sheena and Patsu are adopted by this roving band of pirates. And there is a scene in which Sheena is, uh, is, is given the role of cleaning a kitchen and, and cooking for, for the entire pirate ship. And all five of the family, all five of the sons, are obsessed with this 13-year-old girl, yeah. offering to help, uh, and, and and all finding that the other sons have all, all also offered to help. And so they're all sort of, like, forced to help out because they can't retract their offer to help in the kitchen. <laughs> but they all offer to help because it appears that they are in love or have two a of them say on? i'm in love i'm with in love you. with you yeah. right two of them they say, just say it out loud yeah, yeah. like at first right. i was like oh this probably isn't a romantic thing maybe they're just hungry and then the, yeah. the two of them come in and say i'm in love with you like, oh never mind no this nope. is they love this nope. kid <laughs> they love yeah. this child it's yeah. it's a little disturbing i, I won't lie <laughs> it, it's a weird moment that i think um to like to compound the strangeness of it it comes after a moment when um one of them said, oh, says to the other one, like, wait a second. You said Sheeta's going to grow up to be like our mom? Yeah. And like, right. when they fall in love with her. And like, then she walks by with the big pants and they're like fucking flabbergasted. Yeah, she, her, exactly. she was wearing clown pants now. Yeah, the hottest thing they'd ever seen was this 13-year-old in size 48 pants. Also, <laughs> one of the sons, I believe, is like Andy Dick. I think yes. is like the main yes. son's voice, which yeah. fucking actors, threw me yeah. for a loop. <laughs> yeah, well, that that tracks with the whole, you know, I think, you being know, a pervert, being a <laughs> being a pervert. Yeah. When it comes to Andy Dick, this is a no holds barred podcast. We will read that man for filth on this. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Dick, it's over. Um. But yeah, that that is a very very strange moment that just kind of happens in the middle of the movie, and then they don't ever address again. Like it's clearly played as a joke, but it's just like I think we could have that. That's just odd to throw at us. <laughs> yeah, For but sure. it is sort of played so. I mean, I obviously I don't think there was any um, like worry of Miyazaki's mind. Like, oh, this could be read as something inappropriate. Yeah, because yeah. the rest of the movie is so. Like you said, it is definitely for like children. Yeah. Um, 
in the sense that there's just like no real adult themes. Everybody's shooting a gun in this movie, and everybody like is. I know it's animation, yeah. so that you're always sort of working like that. But everyone's mm-hmm. fine. Like there's no yeah. real mortal danger for anybody at any point yeah. or anything. Yeah, no, no, no one actually gets shot. Everyone's a terrible shot. At, at most, Patsu like gets grazed on the cheek once to make him look cool. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the the extent of that. Um, yeah, and I just uh, I kind of wonder about like the animation style, like um, it, because Dave, you were mentioning like the very like uh, kind of it, it kind of takes a muted palette in its colors. Like it's not mm-hmm. a super bright movie, e- even though it is very colorful. Um, everything's a little bit darker, and like you said, that kind of absence of maximalism, which um, you see in other anime, and especially in later Miyazaki work, to compare to your point, Chase, where you said, um, you mentioned watching Spirited Away, and that one definitely being more upsetting um, in some ways, and I could, and I think that that might be a little bit related because of how like abundant Spirited Away is in its animated sequences. Like that, that is a very like sensuous and like very busy movie whereas this one is much more willing to just kind of have a small moment occurring on screen like it, it makes me think of when they first get to the castle in the sky and, and they're it's just kind of like this abandoned garden it's just a it, it's an empty place it's a former place that they're visiting and, and they kind of get to you know walk through it and see all these spaces reclaimed by nature and the stillness that comes with that and i thought that was a really that's probably the thing I like most about this movie are those quiet in between scenes, like where where things are where action is not occurring. Rather, yeah, yeah, it is. It is sort of sparse, um, and definitely like the story, uh, like allows for for scarcity of people. But even comparing it to like again, I don't know a lot of his movies, but Kiki's Delivery Service, just a couple years after this, mm-hmm. the cities in that movie are like bustling cities. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, like, she's a delivery person. There needs to be customers. And this, though, it's very much locales where there's only, like, the ten people you know at most. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, there's definitely uh, uh, quality over quantity in a lot of stuff. Specifically, all the scenes that take place on the actual airships, um, mm-hmm. which are, like, a, a, a very big facet of the film, um, are... Like very, the the lighting is just super nice because it's just the sun peeking up out of clouds and stuff like that. So you'll get like a brilliant hue, but other than that, everything is pretty muted. Um, yeah. And it it really drives like the few big action sequences. It makes them even more impactful, in my opinion. Yeah. Specifically, yeah. when the Goliath is coming out of the clouds and it fires just like one oh, little yeah, barrage volley, as it yeah. comes down. Oh my god, just gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. I could get that frame. Yeah, um, that, that that one, and I also think of the sequence early in when they're, they're like, on the train tracks, and the train track starts exploding behind them. The, yeah. the, the amount of timber that's flying everywhere in that scene is so fucking cool. Like, that, that's just one of those really beautiful sequences. Yeah, uh, absolutely. absolutely. So, so, David, would you argue that's your, probably, I don't know, maybe this is a good way to put it, your one perfect shot of the movie, would you argue? <laughs> Uh, yeah, legitimately, my favorite shot is definitely the barrage. Like, as the pirate airship, I can't think of the name of it, is sinking below the clouds as the Goliath is firing on it. I think that's just one of the cooler... Sure. Yeah, I, I really big, big, big fan of that. Sure. So, yeah, I'm going to log into the One Perfect Shot Twitter, and I'll go ahead and pop okay. that Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I, 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 I was going to say, I think probably the coolest... I think this was actually um, a little disturbing, given the context of the rest of the movie. 
the scene in which the the army is uh, fleeing Laputa, Laputa, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and all of the all of the uh, army personnel are just like running, and it's it's when Laputa is being prepared um, to fire on uh, you know to fire on the world. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert: Mark Hamill's character, what's his name? I. Oh, he—he's the Colonel Muska. Uh, yes, yeah, Muska, Muska. Yeah. Yes, Colonel Muska, who's been after um, Sheena throughout the entire throughout the entire film. Uh, it's revealed that he is uh, also a long descended heir of the Laputan throne, Laputian mm-hmm. throne, and he wants to, you know, reanimate the kingdom of Laputa to uh, squirrel uh, the the planet under his feet, sort mm-hmm. of, and, and, and rule over all of Earth. And he begins um, unleashing robot hell on mm-hmm. the the military in this you know unnamed region, and the military personnel are fleeing the floating kingdom of Laputa, and they're all like falling off, like they're all like pushing each other and falling off the kingdom, yeah. and it's it's honestly kind of terrifying when taken in context with the rest of the movie, because you're right, like. There are moments of, of, of uh, peril, but there's never a moment where you're like, oh, like a character is like gonna die or mm-hmm. anything, except for this sort of final scene in the film where these like humans are sort of being pushed off. I think it's um, it's it's pretty, in, in stark contrast to the rest of the film, it's kind of terrifying, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know, I'm, I'm curious to know, I don't know if there's, you know, precedent for that in later, later Miyazaki films where you sort of have these kind of cool children-like scenes but up against like moments of i mean this is cruel like like Mm -hmm. these men men are just kind of falling off you know to their doom from like very very on high um it's it's kind of terrifying i don't know if there's precedent for that in later miyazaki films or not yeah it's you know he's always been happy to deal in themes of terror i i think probably his most intense movie is called princess mononoke um, which is definitely the one that is actively where, like, you're going to see people die on screen. Like, that's the violent one kind mm-hmm. of thing. Okay. Um, and, and definitely, like, and the one before this, Nausicaa, also is very much concerned with, like, military um, dealings. And there are those moments where it's like, oh, people are people are being killed. Like, we, there is no, like, gray area on if that person is dying or not. They're definitely not coming back from what just happened. Um, but it, it's definitely something that I feel like he kind of dips away from a little bit as he gets later. I, I think he focuses, he becomes more interested, especially around the early 2000s when he does like Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle and, and in aiming his stuff at a more family friendly and younger audience. Mm-hmm. So, so it becomes, it becomes, his movies become less about like these kind of larger kind of societal conflicts and become much more about like characters going through like growth and change like it becomes a much more internal you're watching the character do so like become another version of themselves right as opposed to watching the characters go through the like larger plot of the movie which i think we see in something like um in castle in the sky more so which I, I thought was kind of interesting in watching this movie, something that I noticed for the first time is that this is an exposition-heavy movie. The yeah. characters will just kind of tell you, we have to take the MacGuffin to the location. Yes. That's just what we're about to do. And if we don't do that, boy, oh boy, is everybody going to get real mad. Like, yeah, and yeah. they don't even get sidetracked. It's literally yeah. like, we need to do this, and the next scene is them doing that and mm-hmm. being told what next to do. 
Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but very, very plot heavy. Like you couldn't really yeah. describe this movie without having to sort of go into the intricacies of the plot. Yeah. yeah. Right. Again, though, I think that's because, like you said, it's like it's it's geared towards a younger audience. Yeah. Pretty explicitly, it feels like. Yeah, um, absolutely. So we all watched the subs, though, right? Or sorry, the dub, dub version, yeah. right? English dub. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I watched. Yeah. Um, definitely had. So the the cast list is pretty great. Definitely a lot of A listers. Um, yeah. In terms of VO stuff, yeah. I was a little bit surprised, and maybe you guys don't agree. I, James Vanderbeek as Patsu, pretty phenomenal. Like right off the rip, yeah. I was like, oh, I, I really like some of their line reads. Yeah, he's doing it. Yeah, he, he's he's really likable, really sweet. Like yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Genuinely a very charming, endearing sort of character. Anna Pocking as Sheeta, I did not like a whole lot. It felt like she was doing an accent, and I don't know yeah. how much of that is. Well, she slipped into her actual Australian yeah. accent. That, right, exactly. Yeah. In, like, a lot of the movie. like, And, and I don't think that was intentional, because, like, when you first hear her, she's not doing yeah. an Australian accent, but she slips into it. Yeah. I kept thinking she was trying to do some sort of historical accent, like, oh, I'm from an ancient family, I, do it. I have an ancient thing. Mm-hmm. Or I thought they were going to show, like, um, when she talks about the family she's from Gamoa or the, the northern area, yeah. I thought they were going to maybe show somebody else talking like that. And I was like, oh, it's a regionalized thing. But no, it's no. just sort of like a weird half accent constantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, she does not do a fantastic job. And also, she's kind of flat throughout. I'd say her voice performance is not the strongest, just overall. Like, yeah. Especially compared to, again, like, I think Patsu's performance is a pretty fucking great one. Yeah. So he'll do yeah. a whole, he'll, re, you know, spat off a couple lines. And then she responds, and it feels like it's almost an AI-generated, so it's not that bad, yeah, like, but... Oh, no, thank you, Patsu. Like, a, a lot of stuff like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Of... yeah. yeah. Um, but overall, I'm, I'm normally a big subs over dubs guy, but this was... I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't have yeah. the other to compare it to, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought the VO performances were really good. Yeah, I mean, you got Hamill as the villain. Mark, Mark Hamill, do, whenever he's a voice actor in something, that's always a good sign. That, yeah. That his perform- he, he plays a great, you know, cruel guy looking to overtake the world. And he's basically just doing the, a toned-down version of the Joker voice from Batman the Animated Series. Basically, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, I thought they, I thought mm-hmm. Cloris Leachman as the pirate mom mm-hmm. was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I thought, and, and also, kind of odd, just like when you think about Cloris Leachman, I don't really think of her as like a, a voiceover actress, but uh, yeah. she, did a, she did a really great job in it, and it, it, was, it was very surprising. Her voice was very familiar, but at the same time, I think kind of stood out on its own. It was yeah. perfect for that character, who I ended up liking a lot more towards the end. Like, yeah. she, she's a very, you know, she gets, she's a one-dimensional character in the sense that she's there to move the plot forward. But she's sweet, and it was, it was, a, it was a nice role. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. I yeah. agree. <clears throat> Absolutely. I'm trying to think who else is in it. Yeah, I don't know. Mandy Patikin. I know that name, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah oh, he's on Criminal Minds. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah. He actually, like, Mandy Patinkin with the beard looks like a character in in Spirited Away. That's oh, like... he's also Inigo Montoya in Princess Bride. Oh, okay. I know him. Okay. That... Here, yeah. here's here's a photo of him with the beard. He looks like one of the uh, steampunk... Oh, he does. Yeah. He, he Holy looks shit. like um, his... He, he looks like Patsu's boss from the beginning uh, who yeah. loads his shirt. Can we talk about that scene where they're like, I wrote, show off how good at I animating wrote, we are? Steamboat Willie-ass fight scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that where they... they 
I also like the fight where it's you grab on. So so one of the sons, I think it is, of the mm-hmm. one of the pirate yeah. sons, yeah. encounters Patsu's boss towards the beginning of the film. Yeah. And, you know, they want to they wanna get to Patsu because through Patsu they can get to Sheena, and through Sheena they can mm-hmm. get to the crystal that will grant them unlimited power, which is also the crystal that guides the, the characters to Laputa throughout the film. But in order, to, in order to get past Patsu's boss, the sons of the pirates decide, I'm going to go to an ex- – we're going to start an exploding shirt off where they bulge their muscles as much as possible to rip through the very fabric of their shirt. And then after they rip through the fabric of their shirt, they grab each other by the by the hemmed up fabric and they punch each other in the gut while holding each other and allow each other to do a turn-based gut-punching affair, which yeah. is an incredible way to fight. Like, it, it's not... You know, it's not focused on, on 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 like exerting power over one another. It's just sort of turn based, like p- punch, return, punch, <laughs> yeah. return, over and over again. It's incredible. It was like fisticuffs. Test of will. Yeah, yeah, it is a test of will and metal. It, yeah, it's a test of a test of will and and metal. Absolutely. I I, I I was doing some research into the film also, and and I didn't realize this, but apparently Castle in the Sky was also sort of the the kind of progenitor of steampunk and mm. um, and, and diesel punk in yeah. in society, much in the way that Akira, which we haven't talked about, but Akira is one of the few animated anime movies that I've seen that I really enjoy. Much as Akira was sort of the progenitor of cyberpunk, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's interesting that anime sort of acts as a um, you know a window into like the best of the best anime can sort of like create whole subgenres. Um, of, of worlds, which I really appreciate. Like when, like when you have really, really good animated, animated stuff, you, you can get a glimpse into what's possible and it kind of spawns a a generation of, uh, not necessarily caught, but people who riff on, on that theme, right. That world building theme. It's really cool. And I, I think the world of castle in the sky was what really drew me in, you know, the kind of the, like the world that Patsu lives in, you know, the, the region, like it's a lot of like buildings set into sheer cliffs right yeah, and it's like it's a mining town because yeah, it's a mining town yeah. yeah and it's like railroads kind of bisecting through like various levels of the of the city and and you know i i think that's really impressive and really cool well it's it's interesting um and maybe ben you dave's can... like it, it's interesting you're wrong actually um, <laughs> it's, it's actually not how wrong it you are i hate the world that he lives in it, steampunk's always annoying <laughs> <laughs> i went to a steampunk restaurant one time and i hate that shit now oh i i went to that restaurant too the chocolate one in, oh, in orlando the loudest restaurant in the world I... on sidebar for this fucking <laughs> hey i waited two hours to get to that restaurant they served us bread with chocolate ranch yeah. and i was like no <laughs> yeah. no exactly and then the entire time there's giant tvs in there that are showing chocolates being flung by like steam-powered <laughs> robots across the restaurant for and- for the people who real quick for the people who don't know what you're talking about i mean mm-hmm. can you please explain what this steampunk restaurant is where it's yeah at, let me look it up real quick it's called yeah. so it's in um orlando florida it's in city walk which is sort of the 
lobby to Universal Studios and <laughs> yeah. Islands of Adventure. It's like a big downtown Disney esque area where restaurants and Emerald Lagasse's got a restaurant there, all sorts of shit. Um, let's see what it's called: Chocolate Restaurant in Orlando, oh. the Toothsome Chocolate Emporium That's... and Savory Feast Kitchen. Yeah. Um, here I'll show you a picture of it, Chase, just so you can know. It sucks shit it sucks so fucking it's hard it sounds I've ever been. it sounds amazing I, I know it might it's not it sounds okay. really good let me ask you a question do you like electro swing music <laughs> what's a what's a good electro swing band david thanks for sending None. the whole link <laughs> there isn't one doesn't exist oh wow this is this is remarkable i really like the like the what this looks like yeah. <laughs> it, does, yeah. it does look steampunk it is part of a restaurant um what it looks like and i think i want to say they even have like a licensed character there like oh they for do the rest, and i don't know who it's supposed to be it's just like the king oompa loompa or something it's not it's not licensed characters it's original ip for the restaurant for toothsome emporium there's a there's a woman that walks around they got their disney princess equivalent and she walks around and asks you if you are liking your dinner and um, she'll keep talking to you if you make her, and it's like, no, nah, I don't want that. And there's also an annoying robot that will come over and try to steal bits of food off your plate because that's fucking fun. We real, love that. <laughs> real quick, under the under this like Google description of the Toothsome Chocolate Emporium, if you keep scrolling, you can actually see what the vibe of the restaurant is. Yeah, actually, go yeah. ahead and click that last link I just put in the chat if you don't want. <laughs> You can see what the vibe of the restaurant. <laughs> oh man! Oh wow, the vibes are immaculate. <laughs> the vibes are good. Yeah, the vibes of wet brown. <laughs> the color palette for most of the food here. Oh, oh wow, this Fuck, looks I really good. About that restaurant. Jeez, they do I really know. good. They do really good plating. Yeah, everyone gets the wings and takes eight million what? pictures of them. Also. Wait, real quick, I want y'all to look. What? What is this meal? Like, what is this meal? <laughs> I saw that. It's chicken what? wings and what looks like pickled carrots that somebody yeah. poured like uh, milk on. It, it, yep. it, to, to me, I thought it was like like dried ramen noodles that had like <laughs> that had been like dumped with like kind of like coated, very lightly coated in like a like a white dressing with like yeah. Like the right. most disgusting looking chicken wings. Look at this one and look at the bread next to the chicken wings. It looks like fucking shit. Can we, real, David, can we, can you remember <laughs> to, to include it? Like, yeah, in the yeah. show notes. Yeah. Please remember sure. to link to this in the show notes so yeah, people can please. follow along. You're going to want to follow along at this yeah, point, the, audience. The, these photos are uh, photos. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, oh wait, the last one. <laughs> oh my god, the, that loaf of bread does not look right. That, is that bread? That's not bread. That that big old chunk. <laughs> and the thing is, because they can't like, um, you know, they have to they keep in motif. Everything there comes with chocolate. So those yeah. chicken wings are probably like chocolate peanut butter chicken wings. Yeah. The, yeah. the again the onion rings. I don't think it's the bread. The onion rings come with chocolate ranch, which doesn't taste like anything. It's yeah. literally just like a liquid. It's a cool liquid to dip. It's terrible. But what I wanted to get at with Miyazaki is uh, I really like the way that technology in this movie, and it seems like other ones, is only ever like a novel cool thing. Like mm. it, it, all of the advances of technology, it doesn't get to the point of annoyance. Like even in this movie, there's yeah. telegrams. There's all sorts yeah. of stuff. But it's very much like it's 
it, it's a weird like land outside of time in the sense that it's, it seems to be set like maybe 1880s, 1890s. There's yeah. a or maybe a little bit later because he does say you don't see cars every day, but there is a couple cars in the movie. There are a couple yeah. cars, um, yeah. but it's very much set like there's zeppelins and airships mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But you also don't see any of the there's no really like there's no negatives of not being in the present. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting to say that because like Miyazaki himself is like a huge environmentalist. Like environmental messages are really big in a lot of his movies. Like it's very sure. important to him. That's like you know, the, the, just personally on that level. Like especially coming after Nasca, which is a movie about that is set in like a post-apocalyptic kind of space where like human beings have kind of been driven into the edges of the uh, of society where they are able to rebuild somewhat, but most of the world has been taken over by this giant forest that uh, releases poison spores into the air that oh, humans okay. can't breathe. Um, and and it, it and this is because there was like a nuclear war a thousand years ago, kind of thing. That's why mm. this came to be. So so it's very much like it's interesting to say that because he clearly likes technology. Like technology is of interest to him, and he, he personally like really loves planes, which is part of the reason why his airship design is so good and stuff like that. Yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. paid a lot of a lot of attention to that throughout his life. Um, so he clearly has this great love of technology, but also is very much, like, aware of the issues that it causes, or at least tries to be, like, understanding of that, even though I don't know. I don't know if it perfectly comes across in this movie, because you're right, the technology is kind of innocent in, in this. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you don't see, like, there's, the urban environments are still very, not super urban. Again, there's, like, a scarcity of people. Like, you'll see a bunch of houses... But there's never more than, I think maybe aside from the Steamboat Willie fight scene, more than yeah. 20, 30 people on screen, aside from when the army invades at the end, and then yeah. it's, you know, obviously a bigger set piece to begin with. But it's a very, like, yeah. it feels like a, a, a very rural life, while also mm-hmm. being explicitly non-rural, as told yeah. by Patsu and everybody else there. And it's just, I don't know, it's, it's again, it's whimsical, it's pastoral, it's all that stuff, but it's a, it's a very interesting way of looking at it. And I totally see how this you know, sort of, like you said, progenitor of steampunk, I could see how somebody saw this and was just like, oh, well, this is a setting that, it, it captures something that is is hard to put my finger on, and it would be cool yeah. to, like, evolve that and, and see yeah. more of it. Yeah. yeah, it's too bad that it evolved into uh, just kind of putting a gear onto a top hat and then just being, like, the worst fucking person I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a very real... Um, chain of continuity between this movie and 2000's Wild Wild West with Will Smith and the, and the mechanical spider. You could, oh, you could, one could one could argue that the reason the Toothsome Chocolate Emporium exists in Orlando, Florida is Miyazaki and, and for that reason he should be he should be destroyed. We should extradite him from Japan. Look what you've wrought. Like like look what you've wrought. Like you yo, you're big on nature. Look look what look what trees were bulldozed to build because of you. Oh man. There's a great documentary about him where basically he says, I shouldn't have fucking done this shit. I hate it <laughs> so much. Like he he's such a grumpy old man in it. It's fantastic. He is just like, man. I, I don't there's a point where someone asks him like what do you think of otaku and he's like they need to fucking get a life man i'm just trying to make <laughs> movies i'm not like obsessing over this shit so dumb like <laughs> hell yeah that's so funny well yeah. um well well speaking of food three locals 
Mm-hmm. I think Ben. I think yeah. we had. I think we. You know, we we had kind of an idea. Yeah, we had a we had a question, right, Ben? Yes. Uh, I I since we were watching anime this week, and I've been thinking about anime, I got on a question that we've all probably asked ourselves at some point or another, and that is, uh, which Pokemon tastes the best? What's right. the best tasting Pokemon? Whoa! Ooh. How are you gonna cook that sucker up? Which ones taste like shit? We need um, to establish some guidelines. Yeah. Are yes. we doing first gen? I think we should I, stick to first gen. We're going to live mostly in first gen, but I will say, if you see a picture of another motherfucker online while we're doing this, and you think, damn, that MF looks tasty, that's fair game. But just, we'll stick to our shared knowledge pool for the most part. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I will yeah. say, did, did any of you guys um, play Pokemon, like, past first gen with regular? I did. I did. Okay. I did second. Yeah. I did the second generation with um, uh, some regularity. Beyond that, it would be more. Yeah. It would be difficult. But but I, I I'll yeah, say same. I'll say that I, I know the first gen the with mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the most. I'll say yeah that. yeah that's yeah. totally fine. That's that's, that's where I would I be at too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Definitely. So I'm pulling up. A, I'm pulling up a uh, poster of it. Yeah. I got I got the list. I I have an idea. For one, okay, well, okay, so there's the obvious one. There, there, mm-hmm. there's the egg Pokemon. And, okay, and then this one, Togepi. Oh, Togepi. oh, Execute or whatever. Eggs, yeah. eggs, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll put yeah. that in the, in the chat. Yeah, and we should also, Dave, if we can include a poster, a link to a poster of the 150 originals, in, in yes. the episode description too. Yeah, I think Execute is sort of. Sort of the obvious one. Now, here's what's interesting, yeah. though, about Execute is that he is usually, or, or they, I should say, are usually yeah. portrayed with, like, kind of cracks in them. And so this makes me think that yeah. they might be kind of, like, rotten eggs. I don't know. That, yeah, you don't want to eat yeah. eggs that are already cracked. Right. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Especially that one in the back. The one in the back left, it just has the yolk exposed. Right. And, and, I've, and this is, like, what they always look like, I'm pretty sure. Like this yeah. is just the like their coloration, is yeah. is this? But yeah, that. But but that one in the middle, that one might be okay. Like he doesn't seem. The one in the up, middle, like, the kind, the one with the kind of like smug, like grin. Yeah. 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 I like him. Yeah. That. But I, I definitely, I, I'd chomp down on that. You know, we, we do do a scramble. Like mm. that, that's for sure. Scramble, Would you maybe want to go for? What about the uh, evolved, the executor, which they look like coconuts because it's a tree, but I'm going to assume they have to be eggs still, right? It's they they almost they almost look like eggplant, mm. like like eggplant, like mm. before it becomes mm. raw or becomes good to eat, rather I should say, mm. like be- as it becomes raw. Wait, holy shit! Really? Do eggplants look like little eggs at first? Yeah, that's why they call it eggplant. Oh my god! I don't know. I just thought it was Carl. Get off the dresser. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I just assumed it was a translation thing or something. Really? Eggplants yeah, look no. like eggs? Yeah, eggplant, um, egg. Holy shit, they do! Yeah, that's why they, they call like them that. They little hard-boiled huh? eggs! Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Alright, cool. so we... So we just found out that my um, my fellow snow bunnies are uh, not particularly. We gotta. I'm gonna have to cut that. I don't think we can have that. Um, uh, here's here's a question. What do you guys think Ditto tastes like? That that I was also wondering. Is Dit is Ditto gonna taste like gum, 
in his natural shape. Ooh, like, his, ooh, MF looks okay. like Talk. That, that sounds like, good, though. He okay, does. I, he, he looks like, he looks like uh, what's the, like, pink, the really pink, delicious, sugary bubblegum, like Bubba Chew or whatever? Bubblegum Chew? Oh, Hubba Bubba? Yeah. Hubba Bubba. Yeah. yeah. Ditto kind of yeah. looks like Hubba Bubba. T-bone. He does, on. yeah. Yeah, so that that might be all right. That might be, make a good snack. But the question is, oh, so are we eating it raw, then? Is this sashimi-style ditto? Yeah, I think ditto would here? have to be like, served raw. Because I feel like if you cook it, it's going to either like break down, turn into liquid, right? Like yeah. I feel like it's just too gelatinous. Yeah. Although maybe is ditto an aspic? Ooh, oh. what if ditto were an aspic? Ditto might already. Would you suspend other things in a ditto? <laughs> Hard boiled execute in ditto aspic. Now that sounds really good. In 1952, that, that would kill at a party. Yeah, exactly. They haven't made that for a while, but you throw you bring that out there to your local dining club. They're going to be mad impressed that you did a whole aspic. <laughs> That's what for I'm talking sure. about. For sure. Um, yeah. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking maybe a little mm. bit of Kingler crab meat or King Kingler. Yeah. Crab Which meat? number? Uh, Which that's number, number 99, I think, here. I'll go ahead and, uh, yeah. Could you link me to the uh, poster that you guys are using just so I could be on yeah. the same it's, thing? Yeah. It's like yeah. a wiki Thank page. You. Yeah. I'm, I'm using giantbomb.com. I'm I'm okay. a, I'm a, okay. I'm, a, I'm at bombinairport.com. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean you got you got Kingler, Ooh, you got Kingler. the ones that are crabs, and like yeah. and the, that that's of course going to take good. That's of course going to taste good. Uh, Ooh, so, you know, okay, the, yeah, the cloister, the cloister, or or the shelter. It's kind of like yeah. an oyster. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Get get that guy right on there. So, but here's a question. Uh, you'd think no for Geodude, right? You'd think that man's a rock. That, that's not going to taste good. That's what if you crack that open and there's a candy center? Like, oh fuck! I've been wondering about the what an inside of a Geodude looks like. Is that like a delicious soup inside? Maybe like you just scrape that shit out like a coconut. You think he's yeah. like a homemade bread bowl? Yeah, exactly. Like that's got to be. You know, there, there's some advanced Pokemon chefs out there doing something like that. For yeah. sure. Oh, let me look yeah. up. What's inside of Geodude? Yeah. I think that, um, okay, I've got some, okay, there are, so there are the obvious inevitable, and inedible ones. So, like, the magnet yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, Electrode yeah. and Voltorb. Um, I'm yeah. trying to look for ones that, like, aren't inedible but might appear. Okay, so, like, like, I, I really, you know what I wonder? I wonder what, like, a poly, like, a polywirl or a polyrack or Yeah, a poly I think that's going to be, like, like, um, what's it called? Like, the blowfish. I think it's going to be sort of, Ooh. like, yeah, forbidden fruit kind mm. of uh, seafood. Okay, and I mean, here's, here's one, here's one, I mean, I think this is an obvious one, Psyduck. I mean, yeah. you kind of have, like, yeah. you kind of have... Peking Psyduck. Yeah, Peking Psyduck. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, you, man, yeah, no, you, you see those boys strung up at, in the restaurant window. You know you're going to a place that's doing that traditional Canto region style cooking. Canto cuisine, <laughs> baby. Canto, yeah, Canto cuisine. Um, yeah, I, you know what always kind of looked delicious to me was a sand shrew. Sand shrew, yeah. that sand shrew, like... number twenty-seven. It's it's number pretty cute. It's but it's got like a soft belly. And See, I feel but like if you're gonna means... eat Sandshrew, like I mean mm. Pikachu. See, Pikachu. Well, yeah, I feel like Pikachu... Pikachu tastes good. No, oh. I disagree. Pikachu's no. a rat. Pikachu's or... a rat. You think a rat would taste good? 
Probably. He's an electric rat. Is, you really you would eat an you electric rat? like a rat also that's like a foot and a half tall and also like if you get one that's like I'm sure a wild Pikachu is not great that that's going to be gamey. But one yeah. that's raised in captivity that's all just fat, like, come on, so man. Ash is, what's wrong with that? So yeah, Ash's exactly. Pikachu, Ash's you're Pikachu saying... Ash's Pikachu fucking delicious. Okay, Actually, no, because Ash's Pikachu is always fighting. That that thing's gamey as hell. That thing yeah. is not right. muscle under there. Like, right. yeah. Oh, you know what might be good? Uh, what might be kind of like, uh, like a Tangela. That's what I was going to say. I was yeah. wondering. You saute that yeah. bitch up with some tomatoes and Ooh. maybe some, like, It's sort chopped. of like a calamari. It's sort so of like some, a calamari. Yeah. With Tangela with yeah. Weeping Bell. Ooh, yeah, exactly. Weep, a Weeping Bell on the side. Yeah. Weeping yeah. Bell is as that's as close to like vegetarian, I think, as you're gonna get is the Weeping Bell. Yeah. That's kinda like a bell yeah. pepper to me. Yeah, exactly. You saute exactly. that up in some olive oil. Ooh. You my guys own. wanna you guys wanna hear the real forbidden fruit of Pokemon cuisine? What's that? Which one? You're not allowed to hunt them very often because there ain't too many, but uh, I got a guy. Yeah. Dugong. Dugong. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet Dugong tastes Dugong real steaks. good. Yeah. Dugong oh, steaks. Man. Yeah, you have to club them. <laughs> Yourself. It's, it's <laughs> fucked up. It's the only way to get them out. It's really yeah. bad. You pay really for the bad. experience as much as the meal. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I bet tastes really bad is Kabuto. It's just, it looks sharp. That's, uh, it looks kind of like a bug, you Kabuto. know, 140. Number four. Yeah, oh Kabuto. yeah, that, that's some like that. You, you're not gonna eat a fucking what are they called? The the um, horseshoe crabs because yeah. that, that's that looking dude. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's it's a horseshoe crab yeah. for sure. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I think in a similar vein as a dugong, you've got your dragon air mm-hmm. or dratini. Right? Yeah. I think dratini might even yeah. be a little bit tastier because it's gonna the be like the veal. One. Yeah, it's like the veal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's the suckling. Yeah. Can I get a suckling dratini? <laughs> <laughs> here's okay rare, please <laughs> he, here's wild card what would mewtwo taste like and also you know how would you even get because a mewtwo is strong enough that like you you don't you know isn't mewtwo like six fucking feet tall i don't think i get yeah him. and he's a clone and he knows english like uh or, or like a bunch of those things. are the three things i don't eat tall <laughs> ones cloned ones english ones yeah. Wait, does he really know English? He speaks. Yes. In the movie, he speaks psychically to everyone and says, like, why do you uh... keep enslaving Pokemon? I'm going to try to stop you now. <laughs> oh, so he's... Are like, oh, no, he wants to stop us from enslaving Pokemon. So he, yeah, so he's not going to like, then, that we're, you know, that we're trying to, like, eat his brethren, then. So maybe oh. we have to eat him, then. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. where I'm at. It's like, like maybe castle we should... doctrine, self-preservation. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. What about um? What about Omastar Calamari? No, Omastar sorry, Omastar um, Escargot. Yep, mm. I think that sounds Number really 139. good. Number one thirty I was looking at Omastar and was thinking to myself, now that would taste good. A little bit of garlic, yeah. a little parsley, a little butter. Yeah, Ooh, nothing yeah. wrong how, with that. How about uh? So okay, so first off, Magikarp can't be good. Magikarp, that, that's a super bony fish. It's tough, like, too, I would imagine, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like, that. that's just not the kind of fish that you really want to eat. That, no. That's not going to work. Um, but what about, like, what about number, what is it, 109? 108. Uh, what about Lickitung? You, I feel like that tongue's like a rare cut. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, like Langua. I'm using, I'm, I'm, of... <laughs> I'm using Lickitung for something else. <laughs> not to eat. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Parody. 
I would do um, Parody. I'd never ask Lick a Tongue to lick my asshole. <laughs> I'd never oh, require that of him. Oh shit! Speaking of, uh, I would I would eat Lick a Tongue tongue. I don't Lick a Tongue body yeah. seems bad though. Yeah. 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 Like it, a ling- like a lengua taco. Like a lengua taco. Mm-hmm. 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 It's a super okay. inefficient food. The rights groups hate it, but I, yeah. I just realized that if you look, if you click on any of the Pokemon on this page that we're on, Ben, you get its name mm-hmm. in German. Lickitung's name in German is Schlurp. Schlurp. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you also Schlurp. get a height and weight for each one. Lickitung's 145 pounds. Yo, <laughs> damn. That's, that's all tongue one. too. What? Also, hold up though. The, this, I, like we said, we're gonna focus on the original 151, but they've revealed that Lickitung evolves into what looks to just be fatter Lickitung with a haircut. <laughs> uh, Wait, send call, send that link, please. Send that link, please. Uh, this one's called Licky Licky. Um, in, in a moment yes, it of is. great creativity. Um, or in German, Schlurpleck. <laughs> Schlurpleck. <laughs> oh, this one's man. five foot seven. <laughs> he got shorter. Yeah, he shrunk. Yeah. Yeah. Did he? he no, Norman's 3'11". Uh, oh, okay. Oh, Lickitung's 3'11". Right? Yeah. Okay. Got it, got it. Okay, so Schlurpleck is is bigger. Got it, okay. Schlurp. Yeah. I love Schlurp. You know what would be a good one? It'd probably be, um, you could get some jerky. Tauros, yeah. number one. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say Tauros yeah. is probably the most obviously delicious, like like traditional. I like. Okay, real quick, yeah. I'm also on that same page. You can also find out that in French, Lickitung means excel langue. Yeah, big tongue. <laughs> excellent, <laughs> excellent tongue. <laughs> excellent tongue. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about moving into a slightly different? What about the Pokemon that are kind of just like people, but they're not? Hitmonchomp, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, Hitmon or Machop, yeah. Machop. Or Alakazam. 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 Mr. Mime. Um, or even a classic racist Pokemon, Jinx. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, which yeah. one's Jinx? Which number? Uh, number 124. Um, the Blackface Pokemon. Her German oh, name is Rosanna. Yeah, that one is kind of... <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Electabuzz looks like, like he would taste terrible. Like, Electabuzz is, like, ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Electabuzz, like, you know, that, that's not going anywhere. Magmar, that's not food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so so we've talked about a lot. Let's let's get everyone's, like, what's your meal? Like, what's your Pokemon? What are you going to mm. do with it? Mm. You know, I think we're getting towards the end. Let's kind of let's kind of sum okay. up, like, who are we? What are we let's, making Let's here? put together a little menu. Let's put together a little okay. menu. Let's, let's do a uh, little three-course appetizer, dinner, dessert. Who wants to start with the uh, yeah. apps? Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about which one would be a delicious dessert. Yeah, that and and that's also a little hard just because it's like you know, well, ditto, ditto, ditto. Be it's got to be ditto. Right? That's exactly. Ditto's, what yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah. so ditto. Ditto's so so we're sweetest. assuming yeah. we're assuming ditto is like a sweet jelly kind of. Well, we can sweeten. Yeah. It. After, or, or we oh, after we I fucking in. kill it, you can put whatever you want in it. True, after true, it's true, fucking true. dead, you can do whatever. It's not going to stop you. It's dead. True. <laughs> And I'm yeah. thinking I'm gonna fucking put it out. I'm gonna get rid of it, and then I'm gonna yeah. make a nice meringue, and we'll do like a baked Alaska with ditto. Okay, Damn. got Damn. it, got it, got, got it. it. Okay, appetizer. I, I think earlier we mentioned, you know, the the tentacool 
Uh, Tentacruel. Um, yeah, yeah, with some Tentacruel with, with a little bit of tomato in there, a little bit of calamari, fry that up. Yeah, like, I like that. Start off your meal just oh, that's right. gorgeous. Yeah. I think the yeah. Peking Psyduck has got to be the main dish. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. that's a beautiful yeah. fucking... Yeah, easy. It... Yeah, Peking Psyduck, yeah. And also, you might get some, like, psychic abilities out of it if you get one that's, like, really fresh. Like, you kind yeah, of absorb its psychic abilities. That's, that's <laughs> canon. That is canon, like, in the show. Like, the, like Ash does that one episode. And yeah, he's, he constantly is hitting he small Pokemon and eating them. He's, yeah. He, he eats the whole thing and Pikachu stares right. back like this. And he's like, I have to fly. I have to fly. For sure. He's trying to absorb. Yeah, he's trying to absorb the Pokemon powers. And, I mean, it gets pretty. It gets real. The the episodes that are, like, really intense that they don't even show in America are the ones where he, like, eats the Pokemon raw. And so you can, like, yeah. hear it screaming. Yeah, like, he gets yeah. Pikachu to, like, like to, to paralyze it with his electric bolts. And then, yeah, like, yeah. he just sort of eats. And all you can hear are just kind of, like, the muffled screams. Yeah. So, so that was... <laughs> So okay, so no. peeking side duck. Yep. Okay. Yep. That sounds nice. And then a ditto, ditto. What about sides? Duck. What What about sides? Peeking Psyduck. I think the like the bell Pokemon, the like yeah, po- Victory Bell or Weeping Victory Bell. bell like the Weeping Yeah. Oh, let's Weeping do like bell. a Baba Ganoush or something, like a little eggplant yeah. Metza kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, exactly. wait, wait, what was the yeah. eggplant Pokemon? The, the Weeping Bell. Oh, the Weeping Bell. No, not the Weeping Bell is not the eggplant Pokemon. It's the egg, Execute. Execute. Yeah. Weeping Bell is like the bell pepper. Execute is like the eggplant tree. Yeah, the, the tall one. Oh, executor. 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 Yeah, executor. Yeah, executor. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Executor, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the exec. Yeah. So, so, okay, so like a Baba Ganoush Executor. I like that. And then, and then like a Weeping Bell side with a Peking Duck. Peking Psyduck. Mm-hmm. And then for dessert. Yeah. We've got we've got a delicious jelly ditto. Yeah, it's gorgeous. This, this sounds really well good, tonight, man. I'm fucking hungry now, so this sounds really good. Um, yeah, if you're, I guess if you're listening, you know, tell us in the chat what are some what are like some Pokemon that you want to eat and. Yeah. Which Pokemon um, would you eat first? Uh-huh. Yeah, you know what? Actually, go to Apple, go to Apple Podcasts, and don't even leave us a five star review. But in the review, don't mention anything about the podcast. Just say how you, which Pokemon you would eat, and how you would prepare it. Yeah, and you can, yeah, and we'll expand that. Feel free to use any generation, because there's yeah, probably exactly. some that we don't know. So yeah, just yeah. just leave a five star review. Don't leave anything less, because we don't deserve anything less. And then. Yes. Um, Tell us just what what are the Pokemon you want to eat and how you prepare them. Yeah, we'll read that on the air, guaranteed. If you actually do that, we will read that. Yeah, I swear yeah. to God, I will. We'll yeah. we'll we'll definitely read that on the air. Absolutely. All right. Well, this has All been right. another fantastic episode. Probably a plus, a plus plus. I think every episode we've ever done is an a plus plus, but I think this one might be like a yeah. plus 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 episode. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Cool. Right. And so does Thanks, so everybody. do you. So do you. Yeah. So does the audience. You agree so you as well. Listener. <laughs> you agree as well. All right. Thanks All right. for joining us. Bye. Thanks for joining Three Locos. Bye. Three Locos.